It's WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, AJ Kirstead. Time for a regular segment with the New Hampshire Bulletin. More from them at NewHampshireBulletin.com. This week's senior reporter, Anne-Marie Timmons. Welcome back. Thanks. Good to see you. So let's start off with a little bit of promotion. We are hitting hardcore election season right now. Elections are very, very close, a month and a half away. And it looks like the Bulletin and uh, fellow Concord, New Hampshire broadcasters, New Hampshire Public Radio, are partnering with you guys. Uh, What's that looking like for you? Well, here I am at NHPR headquarters. We just had a planning meeting. So we will have a series of three true debates. Governors raised the congressional um, races and then the Senate. But in for the Pappas race, um, this will just be a conversation with Congressman Pappas because uh, Caroline Levitt, unfortunately, didn't return our message or calls and invite to join us, which is too bad because I think she's really interesting. Um, definitely would have added to it. So these are the week of the 25th. Um, there'll be one each day. I think it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from noon to one. So they'll be live. Um, You can get tickets to come in person through the NHPR site. And they'll also be on um, PBS afterward. They're another partner in it. So I think it'll be interesting. In one way, the election feels way too close. In another way, I wish we had four more weeks. So if it's feeling stressful. Yeah, that's the thing with uh, New Hampshire's primary uh, for the off season is for for everything but the presidential primaries is it's pretty darn close to when the actual election takes place, which for public discourse it's probably for the best, but for people uh, that are trying to cover it, it's like oh god, we got to cover all this so quickly and like the the especially in New Hampshire, it seems like the incumbents for the most part always kind of come out of nowhere and you got to go like, okay, how, who is this person? Why? That's what's especially disappointing about Carolyn Levitt because she's been getting a bunch of headlines recently and is very active and very young. So, mm-hmm. so it's fascinating to see her um, enter the race. But if, if she's not participating in a debate, it's really hard to really give a direct comparison. It's too bad. She's such a dynamic candidate. I was at the Secretary of State's office when she, you know, signed up to run and it was sort of like we were in a black and white room and then she walked in and it was technicolor like she's so alive i was really looking forward to having her on stage because i she's just really good at presenting her point of view Uh, so that's a loss for us she is doing other debates so folks can hear from her Um, i think a challenge for us is we are very focused on state issues Mm -hmm. here um, because we have a staff of three reporters so we can't do it all and so when these debates come up it's it's a challenge to pivot um, quickly and try to think about issues that are national but also you know, local that pertain here. Some of the obvious ones are, you know, abortion and guns. And I think we're hearing a lot from voters that they're they're concerned about democracy. Like, and and so how do you ask about that? Although the Times came out with a story yesterday said it's at the top of everyone's list of concerns, but no one's voting on it. Yeah. Um, so it's just an interesting time. So I will be glad when the election is behind us. Yes, hopefully sooner rather than later, but we have to wait a few more days. I mean, it looks like you're going to be uh, moderating the second congressional debate with uh, alongside NHPR's Todd Bookman. Uh, so it'll be Democrat Annie Custer against Republican Robert Burns. Hey, I mean, what's that look like for you trying to put together? Because uh, especially Robert Burns, who he's very MAGA oriented, if I remember right. He is. He is. But you don't expect him to come with that 
mega fire. He's a kind of not soft-spoken, but like a nice conversation. I think you could have a nice conversation with him. He has views that definitely line up with the right on abortion. I mean, I, I think it's something we haven't heard from a lot of people, which he thinks if you are in a life and death situation and you're told abortion is the answer, that somehow a panel of other experts have to come in and decide whether that's a good idea. So I'm curious to see how he explains how that process works kind of in a moment of emergency. Um, They just have very different, such different views on the border, on immigration, on opioid funding. He really thinks the answer is diet, nutrition, and personal responsibility. Um, Meanwhile, Custo is on a bipartisan task force to kind of tackle heroin um, problem. So I think it'll be really interesting. I've not talked with either of them um, in a long time, never with um, Bob Burns and not with uh, Congresswoman Custer for a long time. So I think it'll be interesting. Yeah, it, it seems like it's like going through the primaries. It was so heated for the Republicans, especially that it, it's. Seems like since we're past that, like everyone's really softened their tone a lot. Like Bolduc pulled back from a lot of his more extreme stances, which has uh, a lot of people called him out for being a hypocrite for. But it's also just politically advantageous to do as we go into like the the, the general election for a federal office in the state of New Hampshire, which is very purple. Like you can't run full MAGA here. You might be able to do it in Texas and, and Florida, and but it's a rough sell, especially if you want to hit the libertarian crew in the state. Right. And the primary voter is not the general election voter. It's so, so different. Uh, I think, you know, maybe some media are guilty of this. I think for myself, my brain can't focus on, oh, I support this candidate or that candidate, although I know we get accused of that. I just you just have to step out. And it's really the the drama of it. Like, where are these positions? What will carry with voters? So if it's like a a plot in a movie in a way uh, for me. So I think it's really interesting. I I really, I know no one will believe this, but I really am not invested in who wins because as a reporter, you're just looking at the story. Um, So I just think it's fascinating. I think Mm -hmm. both, I think all candidates on both sides are really interesting. Um, The Republicans are fun to cover um, as a reporter. So yeah, pitch for the media. I'm not biased. (laughs) Exactly. And that's what's what I, I, I love this pitch that Michael Graham over at the New Hampshire Journal says, like, we, we treat politics as sports. Like, we're here to, to call the shots and see what happens. And, and regardless of what happens, we want to have fun covering and seeing what what's going on with it. And I think that's a great mentality as a journalist or someone covering it. You just couldn't do this. And it would be heartbreaking to have be so invested in issue and see it fail all the time um, or. I just think that would be a tough position. You would just run out of energy for it. You really have exactly. to be above. And it's it's like a reality show in a way. There's a lot riding on it, but it's the back and forth and negotiating, the making of the sausage. That's really, really interesting. So I agree. I'm with the journal on that. In other news, cable TV is falling apart, but that's unrelated. Moving on. <laughs> All right, you have an article coming out. Uh, We're actually recording this super early because of life, uh, but you have an article coming out tomorrow, which would be Wednesday, October 19th, on Mm -hmm. a crotchet mountain school that's going to be shutting down. What's going on with this? It's financial woes and hiring. You know, we've heard this again and again. So this is a school for ages 4 to 21. It's day and residential school for children with autism. 
And it's, a, it's like complex autism, complex disabilities. They've not been able to get the services they need in their public school. Um, so the, you know, the kids who can't be served there go to this program. There's also adult elements like um, recreation therapy, adaptive skiing programs. And so two years ago, the foundation that owned us, the Crotchet Mountain Foundation said, we're closing because the finances, we can't make them work. We can't hire. Um, a company called Gersh Autism, uh, it's a for-profit organization, stepped in and said, we'll, we'll buy it. Um, so they began managing it two years ago and then closed on the sale a year ago and on Monday told parents that they are also closing for the same reasons. You know, um, can't hire staff at a level they think they need for it to be safe. Um, finances are still difficult. So, you know, it's, but it's really devastating news for families. They have a month to find a new placement. There's not many places to go that are like this. Um, while there's a, an effort to increase um, special education services at the local level, those aren't in place yet to let, you know, all these kids come back. So we're just hearing concern from advocates and families, like, where do we go? We we have a month and these placements can take months to find. So it, it's, it's a, it's big and devastating news. You know, does someone come in like they did at the last minute and, but there's a month, they have a month to do this. So it looks like it will close unclear. That's a beautiful campus up there. They're talking with community partners. I don't know what that means about next uses, but it does appear that this program truly is going to close this time. That's tragic. And these, these are programs that the public school can't just jump in and say, oh, yeah, we can do it. We can fill in this whole like I don't care how much money is going to the public school system. This is not something they can just on the fly find the staff that a private institution that probably has uh, has better funding in theory had wasn't able to figure out. And I was took a little hiatus from reporting. I went back to school, became a school counselor and. I wasn't doing it very long, but I saw, you know, some students that needed this kind of placement. And one of the reasons is just the school setting is not physically safe for them. Right. There's not enough staff to keep them from hurting themselves or others. Um, they're so dysregulated. They weren't getting any any education because they couldn't even be in a place to learn. Uh, so there are some students who just need need that even if there were more staff at the public school for these students it wasn't physically safe for them to be there um so i, I couldn't get a real number on how many students are there right now there have been about 70 recently with a waiting list to get in and some wow. people are coming from out of state and i talked to um the ceo of the crotchet mountain foundation which sold the school and is no longer involved they've really pivoted to try to support schools to bring in more robust special ed services but he said you know if parents had an option they would have already used it you exactly. know they'd be somewhere they'd be in their school system so it's i think families feel like this is a crisis for them right now yeah, I mean, supporting like one of these students in just a regular six hour window during the day is, requires a minimum of one dedicated staffer. My my mom's uh, it does some special education teaching in addition to some technology teaching at an elementary school up in Maine. And she had a student with spina bifida that she was dedicated to for like four straight years, uh, mm. grew really attached. And that attachment is 
crucial to the development of these children and the the knowledge of like okay this is going to trigger the kid to have this sort of problem or day to day okay they can't necessarily feed themselves correctly how do you do such and such and to to turn that over on any sort of basis year to year or even could be a lot shorter especially if you're talking right. public at public school system where there's staff turnover and such it's it, it's devastating to that poor kid it is. I talked to a mom too. I hadn't realized there was a, se- a separate program for adults. So her son, who's deafblind, went through school there as a day student. He's now 30. At age 17, he started doing the recreation program. He's now an extreme skier. That program makes is just his life. Um, it gives him a reason to go out and be in the world. It um, He's gained relationships and um, social skills through this program by going and being with other folks who also need some assistance, as well as those people who don't need adaptive um, technology. So it's very integrated. And, you know, I think you could say, oh, it's a ski program, big deal. But as mom said, I just need you to understand, like you, you have, he, you take for granted that you can go out skiing or do whatever you want um, and feel alive and feel like you're connected to the world. He can't. Um, can't, and so these kids can't go thing. for a freaking walk up the street like like even just little Wait. bits of freedom to have something that meaningful in their lives live, gives them reason know? otherwise why exist it feels like to so many why they fall into such severe depression and other mental trauma from their just everything else they already have mm-hmm. right it's very isolating so that is not an uplifting story but it's important to tell Yep. So let's move to something. I, I, I wouldn't call it uplifting, <laughs> but sort of positive if you look at it right. COVID. So we, we've seen some numbers change of late. Um, covering the daily news here for WKX all in the morning, I've seen the numbers start to rise again. Um, mm-hmm. Nothing even close to what we were seeing a, a year ago. Thank God. It, it, it's amazing to see. Uh, but, I mean, we're, we're coming in the fall. I've, I've been heading into work and, like, oh, it's in the 30s again in the morning and at night. Like, here we mm-hmm. go. Circulation systems are turning on in buildings. And guess Thanks. what? We're circulating more COVID. Uh, so what? What's some of the highlights that you're finding in your reporting? Yeah, we're headed into this potential, probably likely surge because not only are we inside, now we're gathering, we're flying, driving, getting holiday together season. with family. So holiday season is here. Um, so numbers will probably go up. There's some, there is some good news here um, for folks who are willing or aware that the bivalent booster is out there and there are significant number of Americans who aren't aware that it's available. Um, so I'll come back to that in a second, but if you do get that booster, it'll be, it's, you know, targets this variant now, but also um, just COVID in general. And it really brings down your chances of getting it, but more importantly of getting really sick from it and getting long COVID from it. So um, this booster is now available for um, young, the youngest kids, you know, five and six, depending on which one you get. And it is, I think it's been confusing to figure out when you're supposed to get what booster, how long you wait. Um, So now they're saying, this is the booster you want. It's available to this age group. 
Um, if you've had COVID recently, you should wait about three months to get it. It's pretty readily available at pharmacies um, in your provider's office. So they, you know, they said uh, this Commonwealth Fund, a, a sort of think tank, looked at projections and thought, if we do nothing, you know, hospitals and deaths are going to be up here next year. If we even increased a bit, we could bring that down. If we got to the level, you know, if we got to level, say, of where people get the flu vaccine, if we got to those levels, which is 50, we'd bring it down significantly. If we got to 80%, which we know we won't get to, um, it would be almost nil. So I think there's some hope that in between that 80% and 50% that it would make a huge impact. Um, and so there continues to be concern. I think also people feel like COVID is over. Um, they've moved on uh, with their lives. So, I, you know, there's hope that there'll be a big surge in the interest in, in the bivalent vaccine. I don't know about you. I, I don't really hear people talking about it um, very much. They don't think they need to get it. Um, there's been a concern that it has caused some cardiac problems in young adolescent yeah, males. Is this another mRNA-based vaccine? Yeah, and there's a concern about that when I talked to Dartmouth, um, doctors, they said we were seeing cardiac problems really start to develop before the vaccine. The virus is really triggering some problems. Um, we haven't seen it with the vaccine and this, but the CDC, FDA, they're still looking into this, yeah. but I know that's a concern for people. Um, I think the messaging is if you do have a concern, talk to your healthcare provider, maybe not go on the internet to figure it out. Um, that maybe will help you develop yeah. some questions for your provider, but it's probably not the best source of information. Yeah, that's what's confusing. COVID was so prevalent and spreading so quickly. We didn't know the testing is so extremely unreliable, even still, like mm -hmm. it's so hard to figure out if you honestly have it or not based mm -hmm. on the day or the hour. Like I've heard many horror stories about that. And there's also been concerns about women with uh, irregular periods being developed from, from getting the mRNA vaccine. But Ultimately, we have no stats, which makes which definitely makes people very weary. And if, I mean, personally, I'd say like if you if you have pre-existing health conditions, please go get go get the this Omicron. Now is the time to get it because it, basically we've been told over and over again is or we've seen anecdotally is the virus the vaccine lasts three to six months when you get it. Right. Now is the time to get it. You give you enough time before Thanksgiving hits. You go hit the airplanes and such, and you'll you'll make it through the holiday season and and be vaccinated appropriately. And if you do get it, I mean, I think there was an idea or an argument at some point. Well, if you get this, then it means you won't get it. If you do get it, it means the vaccine is phony. But really, it's meant to make you not get so sick from it. Um, so, and they said you can get the flu vaccine at the same time, one in each arm, and that's safe. Um, the side effects are, you know, whatever side effect or not side effect you had when you got the vaccine, expect the same, um, they said. So, yeah, there's a real push right now. There's a desire to have a fall, you know, there's a push to have a fall COVID um, vaccine booster push. The state is putting its mobile vaccine vans back out in the road. You can uh, schedule one. They're doing homebound visits. So there is this increase um, in just trying to awareness and, and administration of the vaccine. I will say in my life outside of work, I don't don't hear people talking about it. And when I made my appointment, it was like almost same day. Like 
it was same day. Uh, so it was pretty easy to get. So vaccine.nh.gov, right? Mm-hmm. So go check that out. If you're interested in getting the vaccine, now's the time uh, if, if you want to get that booster leading into the holidays. And guess what? It'll start snowing before you know it, fortunately, unfortunately, whether you're a skier or otherwise. All right. Mm -hmm. It's WKXL in the morning. I'm your host, AJ Kirsten. Thank you so much to Anne-Marie Timmons, NewHampshireBulletin.com to get more from them. I'll post in the episode description if you want to check out the upcoming uh, New Hampshire gov uh, federal office debates Thank and mm -hmm. gubernatorial debate also. Thanks so much for joining me, Anne-Marie. Thanks for having me. It was good to be here, and I'll see you in three weeks. Sounds good. All right. We'll be right back after this.